Buzzard writes in. You forgot two members of the Bills passing game in last week's Bills breakdown. Did I now? Missed a couple receivers in that Bills breakdown. You mean Robert Woods wasn't enough for you? I gave you Robert Woods. You want more? Who did I miss? According to the buzzard, I missed Charles Clay and I missed Greg Salas. And I couldn't agree more. I like Charles Clay and I like Greg Salas. In fact, I will be rolling out the updated player rankings. The updated full season ranks are coming this week. I read on Twitter that it's been quiet around here. I was atted. Is that what that is? Atted? Someone atted me? The at symbol? I'm not sure what that's called. Contact the show at Roto Underworld on Twitter or email us, rotounderworld at gmail.com. Is it atted? Mentioned? Maybe just mentioned? Is that better? Just to say mentioned? Someone out of nowhere just mentioned me and said, been quiet around here. And that's fair criticism. I haven't been as vocal on social media lately. For a couple reasons. Number one, I've been working on the full season player ranks for redraft. It's been a task. I feel like I've been in a cave hunkered down with a lantern, no one around, complete darkness. Every word I murmur to myself, every movement echoes. It's been lonely. Compiling player rankings is one of the most lonely tasks in all of fantasy football. But we did it. Yes. They will be up on the site, playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings this week. So be on the lookout for that. I am teasing that right now. That's what I've been working on. Playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings. That's why I have not been as active on social media as I have been in the past. Also, I just got back from a trip to Arizona. Player Profiler Summit. I organized, I coordinated a meeting of the Player Profiler Minds in Arizona. We met about a number of important changes, updates, enhancements to the website, mostly around rankings. We improved our process for creating redraft rankings. First and foremost, normalizing game flow. Now, you don't want to control game flow across the board. We know, like with Sammy Watkins, as discussed last week, that the odds that the Buffalo Bills finish in the top half of the league in pass attempts is going to be very slim. So there are a handful of teams out there that you can be pretty sure, pretty certain, they are going to be in the top 10 in pass attempts, like the New Orleans Saints, and the bottom 10 in pass attempts, like the Buffalo Bills. But other teams, it's less clear. We talked about this with Seattle. The Seahawks were a run-oriented team in the first half, and they were a pass-oriented team in the second half. What are they going to be in 2016? Nobody knows. doesn't matter what Pete Carroll says in a press conference. And it doesn't matter what Doug Baldwin says during an ESPN car wash in which he is interviewed by every single show on the ESPN platforms. We don't know what they're going to do. They have a great quarterback. They have a good run game. We don't know. They have a good defense. They have everything in Seattle. So we don't know if they're going to be more run heavy or more pass heavy. They have the weaponry to do it. And they have the coaching staff that has demonstrated a willingness to be flexible to change the game plan depending on game situation and personnel. So unlike the coaching staff in Buffalo, who seem inflexible, even when every running back was hurt, and Mike Gillisley was their number one back in the backfield, what did Buffalo decide to do? What was their game plan? Run the ball, run first approach. 
So it doesn't matter. The coaching staff of Buffalo is a below replacement coaching staff. And the number one reason why I believe the coaching staff in Buffalo is below replacement is because when given the opportunity to adjust their game plan to fit their personnel and the skill set of their players, they fail to do so. Seattle, different story. Marshawn Lynch goes down. Thomas Rawls goes down. What happens? Becomes a high-volume pass attack. Russell Wilson, game after game after game, more than 30 pass attempts in the second half last season. So I don't know what the offensive philosophy is going to be for the Seattle Seahawks next season. So what we had to do when projecting Seattle players was normalize the game flow. So our rankings are necessarily more friendly to Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, even Jermaine Curse, And we think less highly of players like Thomas Rawls than most other fantasy football ranking services. So be on the lookout for that. The season ranks are coming, and we have added an additional layer of sophistication to the underpinnings of the rankings. And I'm excited to roll it out. I'm excited to get the feedback from the audience. Again, at Roto Underworld on Twitter, or email us, rotounderworld at gmail.com. Pay attention on Twitter. We will be announcing the release of the redraft rankings. They are coming out very soon. We'll address the feedback to the rankings on the show. I'm excited to do that. But I'm very confident, much more confident in our redraft rankings than I ever have been before. And that was just one of the big initiatives that we completed during our Player Profiler Arizona Meeting of the Minds. We also improved our weekly rankings projection model. It's a massive undertaking to see just how much does the opposing defense influence player performance on a week-to-week basis. Looking at input factors like fantasy points allowed, fantasy points allowed in the last five games. So is there a difference between fantasy points allowed for the full season and more recently? And then also incorporating football outsiders DVOA. Because sometimes when you look at a defense against the quarterback, against the wide receiver, the DVOA deviates significantly from the fantasy points allowed. And we went through a rigorous modeling session to understand how much we should be weighting the defense and what input factors we should be using to quantify each player's opponent. How much should we look at DVOA? How much should we look at fantasy points against? These were all major undertakings that will improve our rankings because now this year, the rankings cost money. Go to playerprofile.com forward slash player dash rankings. They're $30 a year. I think they're well worth it. But if we are going to charge for something, then we believe that the level of sophistication that we need to deliver needs to be of the highest order. Also, as part of the player ranking service that you can subscribe to on playerprofiler.com, we have an optimal lineup generator. We also did some testing of last year's optimal lineups. We did very well last year with our optimal lineups, but we could do better. One of the ways that we could do better is to look at how much the volatility input factor was layered into our projections. When we're calculating optimal lineups, we look at the player's volatility. How much do they vary from one week to the next? In tournaments, you want to maximize volatility. In cash games, you want to minimize volatility. Then we had to look at, well, which players, which positions were most influenced by volatility. And we, and we analyzed each one, did a whole modeling session looking at the influence of volatility on each position. And we found out, oh, wow. So volatility with running backs is almost irrelevant but volatility with wide receivers is even more predictive than we imagined previously. So turning up the volatility on the wide receiver, turning down the volatility on the running backs. Why? Because with running backs, it's intuitive. What matters is their role, not their previous week-to-week volatility. 
James White looked highly volatile because he went from being a bench player to a de facto starter after Deion Lewis was hurt. But his fantasy points and the fantasy points of the running back in general are more role-driven than the wide receiver, than the tight end, than the quarterback. And these are all things that you can think intuitively, but you have to sit down and actually run the numbers. And it takes time. It takes days of work. And fortunately, we had some days and we had some smart people with some time to sit down this weekend and actually crunch these numbers in a way that I've always wanted to crunch them to get our rankings, dynasty, redraft, weekly rankings, get those to a level of sophistication that I've always aspired to. And I feel like we're finally there as well as the optimal lineup generator. Because again, if we are going to charge for this service, then we need to give you the tools to go out there and kill it on DraftKings, on FanDuel, on MyFantasyLeague.com. So that is why all has been quiet on the Fantasy Mansion front. We were in the cave, the numbers cave. That's right, we were in the numbers cave alone, and we are now walking out of the numbers cave with our laptops. The sun is shining, I'm squinting. But we have rankings, yes, yes, we have redraft rankings, yes. We have much better processes in place behind the scenes, oh yes, very important. Very exciting show we have for you today, talking about our process behind the scenes, yes, yes. <laughs> this show lacking in humor. First 15 minutes of the show, nothing funny happened. Just a bunch of housekeeping, but important housekeeping nonetheless. Which takes us back to Charles Clay and Greg Salas, the two players that a buzzard thought that we missed. It's not that we missed them. I know Charles Clay exists. I know Greg Salas exists. I just didn't talk about them on the previous show because we ran out of time. I didn't go through every single player on the Bills, but I thought it was important to let you know that Colby Listenby will be irrelevant. I just wanted to make sure I got that hot take out there on the last show before we went and talked about Charles Clay and Greg Salas. And I'll tell you this with Charles Clay. I have Charles Clay ranked higher than most because I believe Sammy Watkins will likely miss time this season with the foot injury. And if he doesn't miss time, I don't think he's going to be as explosive, as productive and efficient as he was last year. It's nearly impossible for Sammy Watkins to be as efficient in 2016 as he was in 2015 because Sammy Watkins was number two in production premium on playerprofiler.com in 2015. So the idea that a player could replicate his production premium that's that high from one year to the next, that's... That's fantasy. That's literally fantasy. You know who else was top five in production premium a year before breaking his foot? Des Bryant. Des Bryant, top five in production premium in 2014. Breaks his foot, finishes 2015 near the bottom of the league in production premium. Production premium looking at all situations that a player could find himself in and measuring his performance against league average. Shockingly, Des Bryant was near the bottom of the league in 2015. The Des Bryant. One of the most dominant receivers in the history of the league. In the history of all of football, because we can go back to his days at Oklahoma State, college football. One of the most dominant wide receivers in the history of football, Des Bryant. There is only one explanation. You can't give me his quarterbacks. Because yes, the quarterbacks were a dampener on his production premium last year. But Terrence Williams still posted a positive production premium in 2015. So it wasn't just the quarterback play. It wasn't just Brandon Whedon and Matt Castle. It was more than that. He came back too early from the foot procedure. And the estimates that we're seeing for Sammy Watkins, news reports 
confirming that he will be ready for week one. That's what we're hearing. Crystal ball news reports. I love these crystal ball news reports. We don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. We hope he is. The human body and the healing process is not something that has a definitive timeline. Not to mention the high risk of a reoccurrence, as we've seen many times with wide receivers who tried to come back too early from a broken foot. They aggravate the injury. So Sammy Watkins may aggravate the injury, or he may come back too soon. I think those are the most likely outcomes if he ends up on the field in week one. So that's a problem. I think he's better off coming back later in the year. October, November. His career is more important. His efficiency is more important. His health is more important. It's all more important than making sure that he's suited up in week one. That's missing the bigger picture. But the Buffalo Bills management across the board, from coaches to player personnel people, their jobs are on the line in 2016. If the Buffalo Bills underperform, Rex Ryan is probably gone. Not sure. Speculating. Educated guess, he's gone if they underperform. So there will be an inordinate amount of pressure on Sammy Watkins to get back on the field and get back on the field quickly. It's bad news for Tyrod Taylor. It's bad news for Sammy Watkins owners. It's not necessarily bad news for Charles Clay and Greg Salas. That's why on my rankings, I have Charles Clay higher than most. I have Charles Clay as a fringe tight end one in fantasy because it's all about opportunity. You could build a case for Charles Clay being the number one receiver on the Buffalo Bills in the absence of Sammy Watkins. We talked about Robert Woods last week. He wasn't great in 2015, wasn't great in 2014. Robert Woods has never been good. Robert Woods has never been more than an average receiver in the NFL. But Charles Clay does have a tight end one season on his resume. 2014, with the Miami Dolphins, Charles Clay, 10 fantasy points a game, was 11th in the league. He did it by securing more than 50 receptions for over 600 yards and a 70% catch rate. Charles Clay has great hands, and Charles Clay has great lateral quickness. 11-22 agility score for Charles Clay, 86 percentile. He looks a lot like Owen Daniels. I mean, Charles Clay is the NFL's next Owen Daniels. There always seems to be a move tight end that somehow reaches fringe tight end one status despite not looking like an inline tight end despite not being usable in some running situations that he's good enough in the passing game and that the other options around him are bad enough remember in Houston it was Andre Johnson and a bunch of nothing in the wide receiver core that's why Owen Daniels had a relatively high target share during his days in Houston because he was the de facto number two receiver. Well, that's what Charles Clay is in Buffalo. When Sammy Watkins is on the field, he's the de facto number two option because I think all else being equal, if you're in the red zone or you're on the 50-yard line, your best option is to try to get the ball to Charles Clay. That's assuming Carlos Williams is covered. If Carlos Williams is covered, try to get the ball to Charles Clay. I mean, it's conceivable that without Sammy Watkins, that the best receiver on the Bills is actually Carlos. Carlos Williams, that if you could get the ball to any particular player in space in the passing game, that you would want to get the ball into Carlos Williams' hands. If you had to put a player in the slot and say, we're going to throw you a five-yard pass and we'll see what you can do with it. Would you rather throw that five-yard pass to Charles Clay, Robert Woods, Carlos Williams? I would pick Carlos Williams in that situation. So let's put the running backs off to the side. All else being equal, I'd want to try to get the ball in Charles Clay's hands. Charles Clay, incidentally, played running back at Tulsa. So he's a converted running back. That's always an interesting career path when you go from running back to tight end. That's very rare. I'm not going to say it's unprecedented because last time I said something was unprecedented, it ended up on YouTube and it got 15,000 hits when I accidentally said that Chris Hogan 
converting to wide receiver after not playing the position in college was unprecedented. What about Julian Edelman? Sorry! It meant that he didn't play football in college until he got to Monmouth. He was a lacrosse player. We have a lacrosse player who will now be a starting wide receiver for the New England Patriots in 2016. Think about that. The Patriots will be starting a lacrosse player, potentially at the X receiver position, which is just amazing. Unbelievable. I mean, Patriots fans are rabid. I also have another video on YouTube. You can go to YouTube. Type in Roto Underworld Radio, and you can see the Roto Underworld Radio highlight channel. So I not only have a highlight about Chris Hogan, I have a highlight about Martellus Bennett signing with the Patriots. And in the title, I wrote that Martellus Bennett signing with the Patriots was unfair. And guess what happened? Patriots fans didn't listen to the show. They didn't listen to the clip. They just looked at the title and became enraged. They're just looking for anyone to disparage the Patriots just for an excuse to get mad. I mean, is any fan base in all of sports more wired to get angry, more predisposed to anger than the New England Patriots? I mean, I feel like they are just stalking the sports world, looking for someone to disparage their coach or their quarterback or their owner or anybody so they can lash out at that person. I mean, my Martellus Bennett highlight clip was 10 minutes describing how Bill Belichick and the player personnel people within the New England Patriots organization are operating on a higher level of existence than all of the other player personnel individuals across the league. That if they were playing chess, the Patriots would be looking 10 moves ahead while other teams in the league were looking 5 moves ahead. That was what was in the highlight clip, but for a lot of New England Patriots fans, they don't actually bother to listen If there's a clip, they're not going to listen to it. If there's an article, they're not going to read it. They're just going to look at the headline, and they're going to overreact. So go to the Roto Underworld YouTube channel, search for Martellus Bennett, and read the commenters lashing out at me after they misunderstood the title of the video. It is truly a marvel to behold. It's the thing I would show the aliens. If the aliens came to Earth and they were trying to understand professional sports and sports fandom, I would show them the comments underneath the New England Patriots trade for Martellus Bennett. That video on the Roto Underworld YouTube channel, I would show the aliens the comments. And I don't know if that would help explain the psychology of the sports fan or it would just further confuse the aliens. I don't know if it would provide them any insight or that it would just make it even harder for them to understand the inner workings of sports and fandom because so many of you are fucking crazy. But I like Charles Clay. I do. I like Charles Clay. Fringe tight end one, especially because of the Sammy Watkins foot injury. If it weren't for the Sammy Watkins foot injury, he would be entrenched as a mid-tier tight end two in fantasy. But because of the Sammy Watkins foot injury, you have to enhance Charles Clay in your rankings. You must bolster him. Same with Greg Salas. I'll tell you exactly where we have Greg Salas on our redraft rankings for playerprofiler.com. He is number 93. One ahead of Jeremy Curley, two ahead of Farrow Cooper. That's where Greg Salas is slotting in. Why? Because if Sammy Watkins doesn't play in week one, Greg Salas will be the de facto number two receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Greg Salas is the ultimate competent NFL slot receiver that simply hasn't received an opportunity. Because I think like fantasy teams, NFL teams are run in a way in which they're predisposed to chase the high ceiling players. Think about it. If you're an NFL GM and you have the choice of rostering a number five receiver and you're looking at your number five wide receiver slot and you have to choose who to roster, would you rather take a flyer on Stephen Hill and hope that the lottery ticket hits or 
Would you rather roster Greg Salas? If you're the Carolina Panthers, or I think most teams, they would prefer to roster the second-round pick who has size and speed, was dominant in college, take a flyer. Not Greg Salas. Greg Salas, 34% college dominator at Hawaii, 15.9 yards per reception, average. 6'1", 210, average. Breakout age, 21 years old, average. Runs a 4.56, average. 122.9 burst score, average. Just average. He's just an average player. He's just a guy. He's just a Greg. But what does he have going for him? Ah, the 1075, 94th percentile agility score. Greg Salas looks like a successful NFL slot receiver. And if they have to post up Robert Woods out of position at the X receiver, if Sammy Watkins misses time, that means Greg Salas will play either slot or flanker, and he will be peppered with targets. And because you can project volume for Greg Salas, top 75 volume for an NFL wide receiver, then he has to be in your top 100 wide receivers in redraft. He just has to be. And he's a guy you can consider playing in deep leagues in week one if Sammy Watkins is out. So that's what I think of Greg Salas, and that's what I think of Charles Clay. But according to the Bills' Doug Whaley, well, Charles Clay and Greg Salas, they're not even humans because according to Doug Whaley, humans aren't supposed to play football, right? (laughs) Because this is what I now see on the scroll on ESPN. Buffalo Bills' Doug Whaley, quote, Humans are not supposed to play football, end quote. I mean, are you kidding me? Really? This poor guy. I mean, I criticized him earlier. I called Doug Whaley and the entire Bills coaching staff below replacement. I wonder if you met Rex Ryan or met Doug Whaley in person. And you said to their face, I believe you are below replacement. Do you think they would even understand that? Would they just look at you quizzically or would they understand what that means? Would they know that you're disparaging them with that comment? Would they take it as a slight? I don't even know if they would. Below replacement, what does that even mean? Is that one of those metrics terms? You're putting coaches in a VORP context now? Get out of here! Imagine if Rex Ryan said that. Is that like VORP for coaches? I'd be like, whoa, holy cow, what? Did you just say that? Yes, coach, that's what it, wow. He would change my entire perception of him with one sentence if that happened, which it never would. But poor Doug Whaley. We know that he's a below replacement general manager because he drafted Colby Listenby. So we've talked about this in previous shows, why Doug Whaley is below replacement because of the personnel decisions he's making and the players he's not adding to the roster. But this comment that humans are not supposed to play football does not deserve any criticism because this is why we never get any actionable information from coaches because sports media and these rabid sports fans that I talked about, they are just lying in wait for a player like Cam Newton to act moody after a soul-crushing loss, or for a coach who is trying to be honest about the inherent violence of football, echoing the sentiment that most of us share, that professional football is too dangerous for most people to realistically participate in. But instead of decoding what Bill's general manager Doug Whaley meant with that remark, instead, no, what do we do? We take it literally, because we want the soundbite. We're looking to get angry, we want to get enraged. He's against football. This is a war on football. Ring the bell. Bring Danny Cannell to the microphone. The Cannell bell. Can we get a Cannell bell? Whenever someone says that thing that implies they're against football, we ring the Cannell bell. (laughs) 
Doug Whaley, he's against football. Get him. Get him. He's a general manager of a football team. Of course, he's pro football. He's pro pro football. But no, 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 no. He made a statement publicly in which he clearly misspoke based on the profession he's chosen. Doesn't matter. It's scroll worthy. It's scrolly. Yeah. So we have to take it literally so we can get outraged and we can have something to talk about. But we know he didn't mean it literally because if he did, then that would mean that he is overtly violating his own moral code by acting as the general manager of a professional football team. So anyone with five working brain cells knows that that's not the case. This is why players and coaches loathe the media and why we never get real access to the thoughts and the feelings of coaches and players. All we get is this faux access, the hard knocks, or the mic'd up, the press conferences. All we get from these coaches and general managers are platitude, cliche, platitude, cliche. Just a waste of time. Why anyone sits down and actually listens to a press conference, I will never know. Boom, platitude. Boom, cliche. Boom, platitude. Boom, cliche. Any more questions? Good. Now can I get back to work? The whole thing is a farce. But this is the position that Bill's general manager, Doug Whaley, is put in by the sports media and by extension, the sports fans who want to consume this. The sports media is a conduit. If you didn't want to consume it, they wouldn't provide it. They are providing it because they know based on the ratings of their television programs that this is the content that you want to consume. This is what you desire. They've run the numbers, just like I've run the numbers on the impact of defensive matchups, just like I've run the numbers on the impact of game flow. They've run the numbers on the impact on ratings to running with these kinds of stories, and you want it. And I know because I've seen your comments under my Martellus Bennett highlight clip. So I know who you are. I know what you're thinking. After seeing all these comments on my YouTube highlights, spending time with the brain trust at Player Profiler, I feel like I understand much better than I ever have how the sausage is made. I was happy to sit in front of this microphone because I felt more sure-footed than I've ever felt talking about sports and fantasy sports in particular in my life. And when you read this reaction to Doug Whaley, you have to ask yourself, who the hell would ever want to be a general manager? I always thought I would be a good general manager. I thought down deep inside, I would do a good job as a general manager. But I never actually considered whether or not I wanted that job. I always assumed that if someone, for some strange reason, were to offer me an NFL general manager job, that I would take it. The idea that I would decline it never occurred to me, but look at what Doug Whaley is now facing. Think about the stress that it must cause to never be able to express yourself publicly. Because if you do, if you misspeak, if you do something crazy, like try to be honest, have an honest exchange with a member of the sports media, you will receive an avalanche of criticism. Have you ever wished that you could be a general manager? Well, now, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. So if you want to know what it's like to be an NFL general manager, there is an online platform that will help you get that experience. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel who are probably run out of the league because of the things they said publicly that they didn't actually mean. 
and features a revolutionary free agent auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to a single or multi-year contract. The platform could host up to 32 teams and has zillions, maybe not zillions, how many zeros are in a zillion? Contact the show at Roto Underworld on Twitter or email us, rotounderworld at gmail.com. How many zeros are in a zillion? Is that a real number? Did I make that up? Regardless, there's tons of cool features in addition to free agency, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, injured reserve, automated contract and salary cap functionality. There's just a lot. And you can test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com in a mock free agent auction. And if you like what you see, use the promo code UNDERWORLD to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. 